0: Uh, Talking Dead is back. We're back at our regular time. Uh, We got bumped by an hour for the premiere of Better Call Saul, which uh, is an amazing show, and you should absolutely watch it if you enjoy really good things uh, made by really nice people. Uh, Better Call Saul, Walking Dead, uh, Talking Dead at its normal time at midnight, Uh, Fun Comfortable Tour, second show is being added in Chicago, and then uh, in a few other cities. Go to Fun Comfortable Tour, Com. For the Notice Community Corkboard today, I would like to promote my pals, the Punch Brothers, which is an amazing uh, bluegrassy kind of a band, but their new album is called Phosphorescent Blues and it is available on uh, iTunes and Google Play. You can go to punchbrothers.com to find that out. I've been listening to it uh, all weekend and it is start to finish a phenomenal album. So go check out uh, Support the Punch Brothers. And uh, this episode is Scott Ackerman, who is promoting the new season of Comedy Bang Bang, Friday nights at 11 p.m. on IFC, and of course also the Comedy Bang Bang podcast, which is over on Earwolf, which also produces a lot of amazing podcasts, and uh, Scott is really not only a fine comedy writer and presenter, but also uh, quite the entrepreneur as well. Uh, I've known Scott forever, uh, but every time I sit down and talk to Scott, I feel like I find out things about him that I didn't know. So this is a a good lesson. Uh, Sit your friends down and interrogate them, (laughs) because you will always learn something else. But uh, Scott's a fantastic dude, and... And maybe a little Mr. Show talk in there as well in the podcast, in addition to Bang Bang. And so. Uh, and now I present to you the Nerdist Podcast number 638 Scott Ackerman Returns.
1: Now entering Nerdist.com.
2: a
0: podcast what is this thing? well Can it's more like a, a radio job? show well that's a microphone okay. <laughs> that's a microphone uh, you, don't that you don't have enough you don't oh yeah you all the slack in the world get open here alright great Now you could now you could do this from wherever you wanted. Like you could do Uh well, not wherever, just anywhere within like a foot or two. Yeah, really, just right there. Okay, I take it all back. Please don't move.
1: Just, (laughs) just stay. Have we start? Stay
0: (laughs) Have (laughs) we started? (laughs) Is this (laughs) it? (laughs) Yeah, that was it. That was the whole podcast. Thank you for being (laughs) here. Thank you. All right. Someone (laughs)
1: talked about doing a supercut of everyone saying,
0: uh, "Did we start or have we started?" I know. I feel like I I should prep the guest better and go. Yes, you can swear on the podcast. (laughs) It just sort of starts. Um, this notebook is Chewbacca. Like, there's so many things that always Is there any grab- sort of mechanism, uh, that
1: you've ever thought of doing, maybe, where you would say, uh, Scott Ackerman, welcome to the
0: Nerdist Podcast.
2: I, uh, I really do want to know, have we started? <laughs> we know have, why we I don't have, do that? We have indeed. The reason that I,
0: that I generally don't do that is because I don't want like for people who are used to being interviewed it automatically puts them in interview mode like Um, oh now i'm starting if you're just talking to someone mm -hmm. they're sort of relaxed into it and they don't it's they're they're not defensive right away
2: i guess i would i would say maybe something could happen other than you just walking in the room and walking right (laughs) up to the microphone you run your podcast how you want all right this just led to a general sense of confusion to me. but hey thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> um uh thanks for yeah thanks for having me guys I, it's been a while since i've been on this years, yeah really and fun. and it was just you when when i did it so and jonah ain't here yeah so let's talk shit let's i don't know what jonah is, is.
1: Uh, he had a meeting that ran later than he
0: thought oh okay
1: classic Jonah Mm -hmm. so
0: he slept in (laughs) Uh, that's just mean no it is mean actually Jonah's very busy these days he's actually working on stuff yep what are you working on, Scott Ackerman? Oh, who cares? You well, uh, well, that sort of defeats the. <laughs>
2: you don't want me in interview mode. I thought. <laughs> I Ask think maybe me about I do want. Maybe
0: I do want you in interview oh, mode. Okay. <laughs> you get enough <laughs> of me, in not interview mode. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, we get it. Uh, how many episodes of Bang Bang have you done at this point? Not the TV show, but the podcast.
2: Oh, the podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. we're in the three. Th- 30s i feel of just the regular episodes and then wow. i did about i've probably done 40 live ones that we've sold through the store or so and then yeah about 20 youtube podcasts and eight analyzed fishes maybe so that's the entirety of my output <laughs> <laughs> my discography
0: and what's the and so you're it's just it's one you never went you never went beyond once a week
2: I I do occasional bonus episodes where I'll do maybe one a month extra one.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, do, you do you do that just by virtue of like oh hey these dudes can do it and let's might as well record? Yeah,
2: it. I think it's a lot like I think you were telling me once, Chris, that that it's just you do so many because you have so many cool people you wanna you know interview that come to you and go hey I'd like to do one myself included. <laughs> <laughs> so so you just you know don't want to turn them down right? Yeah, so.
0: exactly. It's it and and also because the show has a couple of different. Um, sides to it. It's you know. There's the ones of just me and Matt and Jonah, and then right. there's ones with guests. Hostfuls. And, and there's hostfuls, right. and there's guested ones, and then yeah, and because
1: last now, six months there's a lot of uh, solo Hardwicks. Yeah. Oh wow. Matt,
2: Matt was tied up with no him. guest. No guest. <laughs> that <be> me. <laughs> just, you, just you,
0: Bill Burn in the
1: corner. Just Bill yeah. Burn <laughs> it. Monday morning quarterbacking <laughs> with Chris Hardwick. <laughs>
0: the burn. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I just I I do occasional bonus ones I think because yeah, the guests are there and um yeah, I like sometimes sometimes I feel like if if one comes out on Monday that I'm so so on, sometimes I'll throw a bonus one up just to be like, hey, it's not <laughs> a week hasn't gone by just because yeah. you know without you getting a good one or something. I don't know. It's sort of fun. I mean, I I feel like bang bang
0: is kind of at the opposite end of how our show works, which is very, I mean, like it's because there are parts of it that are sort of pretend or there are parts of it where you're riffing about, about it, but it's very, uh, it's it's like
2: what you guys do in the, probably the first segment of it where it's just riffing with someone, but it's not, I I would say the difference for me is I stopped doing serious interviews 80% of the time. So anytime I'm really asking someone, about their career, it's to lead to doing a bit. I right. don't really care. Although there is, you know, certain a certain amount of information that people can get out about what they're doing and and their show that's coming up that week or whatever, but I'm usually just not very interested. In <laughs> Which it. is great because, it, like, you
0: know, there's a million places where they can hear people talk about right. all their stuff, but no. Although
2: it would be so much easier. Than, than having I, than having to do what I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Should, it's a lot easier. No, but I mean,
2: I, I sometimes... Look at another, you know, podcast where people can just lay out and let a guest go on for a really long time and just be like, oh, man, I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a conscious choice. Some people go, God, he won't show up. Shut up. Uh You know, he won't show up, too. (laughs) But it, it is a conscious choice to be like, you know, to give people something different than... Just an interview, you know. I completely admire it because
0: if if I had even tried your way for a week, afterwards I'm like, I have to talk to people. I can't, I can't keep this output up. Like I can't, (laughs) my brain. And now you're, you are doing a lot of different things in addition to essentially jerking it, jerking it, and (laughs) bro, nice show running. I mean, like the comedy Bang Bang TV show and the production company and the production company, and then and then mid-roll that we are... Which, yeah, you guys just were we on. A, That's I'm
2: so stoked yes. to have you guys on. I don't have a lot to do with that side of the company, thankfully. I don't think anyone <laughs> wants my help with that. But, um, yeah, it's... I mean, more money! Just make more. <laughs> just make some money, guys. More printed. Can you print it? Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm having a good time doing the show. We're doing a ton of episodes, and I'm, I'm having a really good time doing the production company, which has been really awesome just, like, finding... Um, great writers or great comedians who you know, want to get a show going and don't really know how to do it. And, uh, you know, helping them and guiding them through that and stuff. I really enjoy doing that. I've always been like the bossy one at, (laughs) at at, like Mr. Show. I was always the one saying, well, here's what I think. You know, I think Bill Odenkirk talks about it in the book of like the minute I got there, I wouldn't shut up telling people what I thought (laughs) and how they should do things, you know, but, um, you know, I've always liked that. So it's, it's fun for me to, to be able to You know, get people like our friends and go, hey, let's do a show and figure it out and sell it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really awesome.
0: But do you feel uh, (laughs) – does the way that you do Bang Bang ever seem like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much fucking work. I mean like the show is so – You know, for a show that when you watch it, it's just pretty seamless, but it's it's so meticulously crafted.
2: Yeah, the TV show is really tough. It's really difficult. I think people would be surprised. I mean, I hear criticisms of people saying, you know, what are they just turn on five cameras and they're done in a half hour? No, no, no. They don't put, you know, they pay five dollars for it, you know. And it's like, it's really difficult. I'm there. You know, they're twelve hour days, but because you go overtime, we had one a couple weeks ago that was um three fifteen hour days in a row. Um Gee. and just it's just so hard to do. So I look at that show and I go, at a certain point there's gonna be a time when I physically can't do it any longer. Right. You know, it just gets harder and harder. Me standing up out of the chair gets harder and harder. <laughs> <laughs> and then this the stuff we write is, you know, they're always the crew has a saying of like, Well, you wrote it. Because it's like me complaining about... I never think about what I have to do when we're writing the show. Um, I always just approve the scripts and go, Yeah, that'll be fun. That's a funny idea. And then I get on the set and I have to be soaking wet for a whole episode with (laughs) dirty mud water. Or the worst was recently I had to do push-ups in a scene and didn't really think about, Oh, you can only do about... 8 or 10 at a time and how many takes can you really do and I, and on the fourth take i was like i literally can't do this anymore <laughs> and they were just like you wrote it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's tough i mean you know you know how tv is it's just like 8 million times harder than a podcast
0: well a it yeah because there's a, there's a crew and there's a lot of people and you're on a schedule mm-hmm. and you can't go over and everyone's kind of got to be focused and paying attention yeah. and and the nature of the show is it's structured but riffy at the same time I mean, like when yeah. we did the um it was really fun to do when, when Andy Daly came on mm-hmm. and then we we riffed for probably like 25 minutes yeah we'll
2: do these long 25 minute takes and okay. your your interview is the same way I think we did like probably a 25 minute riff take that we blend in and out of but the But then script. at the end of
0: it, it's like, but then we kind of land on this point and it's got to, like, it ultimately has to service yeah. whatever the overall tone of the show is going to be.
2: The toughest is, you know, I, I'm i not just a guy. I I kind of would prefer a job where I'm just the guy who is being told what to do and, like, is, is there someone is saying, hey, we need one more, more take of that or... Um, you know, you'll need to do another interview, and I just go, okay, great, and we do it. Um, I'm unfortunately the guy who has to be there telling everyone that we're going to do another interview, or you know, if which something's... is hard
0: to put your brain into two different, yeah. especially if you're like, oh, well, I'm I have to be I have to, on the performance level, I have to do this and make sure this, but it's very it's kind of a, it's tricky to step out and. Look at everything in the big picture Mm -hmm. outside of what just what you're doing.
2: I'm constantly editing in my head. I'm editing the show while I'm having conversations. Um, I'll be saying, "Okay, we'll need another take of that because uh, you know we were we need it shorter," or you know, I'm I'm never as in the moment as I possibly could be if I was just not producing it. If that makes sense,
0: yeah. And do you find? But I guess this is just in terms of like who you put on the show. Is anyone ever when they get there like, "What is this?"
2: How is this working? What are we doing? Only you. I mean, so strange. You're quoting yourself right now in the exact voice you use. I still don't understand. What were we doing? How did we do that? Chris
1: Hardwick, real life voice.
2: What is that? It's interesting. You're one of the few people who, you know, has interviewed me that has actually gone through the process and done a show. Yeah. You know, you were the star of one of the shows. What was it? How did it turn out? uh, You know. How was the finished product as opposed to the experience for you? Were you surprised how it turned out? It was great. Did you even watch?
0: (laughs) I did watch the show, yeah. And I I thought it turned out great. And Mm -hmm. I fucking loved... We got off on this rip with Andy Daly about how Marion Ross, who played Mrs. C on Happy Days, was... (laughs) That if I guess you could take a tour of the you the could take a tour house, of the Cunningham house and she would
2: fuck you in the that was the tour was two hundred and fifty I think <laughs> and then she would take you up t- upstairs and bone you for yeah, an yeah. extra ten and
0: I think I was like so you're saying Mrs C will have sex she's like she'll fuck your lights out or whoever <laughs> and, and and then and
2: then we got off on a riff about how you know could you separate it and just do. <laughs> The sex part and not have to pay for the tour, and but he, this was
0: all housed in the in the idea that he was running for the position of honorary mayor of hollywood
2: yeah chip gardner
0: and uh and so the the sort of riff that I fell into with him that was really fun for me was. I kept asking him, like, well, what changes are you going to make? And he was like, again! <laughs> right. I, I, I have no... I hold no power. There's and no-
2: some of that made it in, right? Yeah, because I know little. not all of it did. I think some of it is going to be on the DVD. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. That's the reason to do it improv, to me, is... Because a lot of uh, previous fake talk shows, like Fernwood Tonight or Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, they... Uh, from me watching it, I think they're all scripted. Um, and very tightly scripted, and there's not a lot of improv. Um, whereas I think for me, it's just the spark of improving it and having you throw in stuff like that, and then it's really gold, and it makes the final cut. That's that's to me is the reason to do it as improv.
0: Well, it's the, the the show really is it's a hybridized television show because there are definitely there were lines to learn in terms of yeah. you know, like when it was like, no, Scott, you're on my show, like right. all of that, and hitting those points or the the beats of. Uh, you know, I would rather blah 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 than blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah,
2: which was great. Yeah, and, you're so funny.
0: So it's it is it is sort of a hybridized thing. Where it's like, oh, I got to learn this, but then we'll sit down and riff for twenty five minutes about actual real stuff, and then just see what comes out of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a lot to ask someone, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm realizing now that maybe it's <laughs> no, but it's, it's fun.
0: It's it's re-
2: it's really fun. But yeah. it also
0: makes me. Um, it also makes me think that that working on a. Uh, Working on a show that had an uh, an acting element in it that I, I would like because it takes so long to mm-hmm. get through that, and I'm so impatient. I'm like, I just want to be like, turn those cameras on. Let's just shoot those. Let's get just this shoot done. it. Yeah, you know, let's
2: like, do it and let's do it live. I to mean, tape. At, at,
0: minute, at, at midnight is like you know 45 minutes. Yeah, a, I mean of the actual taping itself. Yeah, exactly,
2: and most of that is just like. Taken up by stuff you're cutting out, right? You know, you're not doing a lot of retakes and stuff. like
0: No, that. no, yeah. there's not there's not retakes and there's not. You know, like we do little pickups here and yeah. there, but it, but ultimately it's just like bam. We we you know we sh, pre- it gets prepared the morning of. We shoot it. It's done, and then the next yeah. day it's a, a whole new thing. Well, it's interesting
2: because it that's the difference between single camera shows and multi camera shows, and um, there's something of that spark uh, where an audience is laughing at something that people really respond to in a multi camera show. Um, but we try to incorporate that spark in a single camera show so you know what i mean yeah. it's like that spark of like hey we're reacting off of the unexpected which is kind of what you get when you're reacting to an audience in a single camera show we try to put that in or in a multi camera show we try to put that in our show so it's a strange almost like a hybrid of performance style yeah. in a way does if that makes sense
0: do you, do you get do, do people still do you ever get tweets from people are like this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, that they buy the character of you on the show as a real guy.
2: Oh, yeah. I I mean, it's interesting because the character that I kind of landed on, it's a little bit different from the first season to the second season, but... Um, while we were doing the second season, I was editing it, and I got to see what was working and what wasn't uh, while we were shooting. That was what doing twice as many afforded me. <laughs> and I got to really see what I should be doing performance-wise, which was basically talk faster and be use my hands more and be more animated. <laughs> um, and because and I was doing all these kind of naturalistic takes, and, and I said, oh, none of that is working at all. I need to talk very fast. I need to talk very big and you know, right. move my hands a lot. So I I started to get into that and it's basically just taking the the parts of me that are really annoying and exaggerating them. <laughs> um, so but but what's weird about that is, you know, you get a lot of people saying like I find the host annoying, which is like <laughs> Well, I'm trying to be. If that's any solace <laughs> so, to you, score? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's you know, you try not to really pay attention to the people who say they don't like it because I think in comedy you're you're aiming for specificity, um, and if you, you know, I, I think the most successful comedy comes from aiming towards a niche audience. Every once in a while, that will break out into a bigger audience. Something like Borat or. Um, you know Jim Carrey's performances in Ace Ventura who who could have saw that coming that that yeah. weird performance yeah. would have broken out you know but i think you're aiming for just like let me make the people who will really get this laugh mm-hmm. and if they love it you know forget the other 80% of the people who are like that's dumb right you know? well it's i
0: mean it's it's i think it's now it's pretty common to not try to aim for 80% the 80% because people have realized like oh yeah the art p- audiences aren't really like that anymore yeah. there's too many choices and there's we'd not- rather have 20% love it
1: than 100% really be okay it with it yeah. yeah
2: that's the thing Is that's why it's that's why you don't want to compromise when you're making stuff and why IFC has been really nice to listen to me when I say oh let's not change that because it's really specific or where they say will everyone get that and I go I don't care and they go okay right. you know because you want the, that 20% of the people to be like in love with it and go this is really Really speaking to me. And yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer when you see another show who is just as specific um, but for whatever reason be it on, be it they're on a bigger network or you know something about their point of view is more appealing to a lot of people at that particular time in the cultural zeitgeist to see that break out and to see them on magazine covers and right. you know all that kind of stuff while you're still doing a show that's like, (laughs) no one is watching, but you know, it's, it's the 20, that 20% of people love it, love it, love it, love it. And you know, it kind of makes up for that.
0: Right. Well, I think a lot of it also is that, you know, this isn't, if this isn't like the last thing, you know what I mean? Like you always have to remember like, (laughs) hopefully this isn't the last (laughs) thing that I work on, (laughs) you know, because I think everyone's always, you know, like. Uh, on our show, too, are always like, wow. Because I always believe, you know, for every person that watches your show or watch, or comes to see your stand up or whatever, or listens to the podcast, there's, you know, five more people that would have, if for whatever reason, if they were aware if of heard it about it. it or if they'd or, heard about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. So a lot of it really is. You're hoping that they hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you do so much, I think, press or. You know, the, the the press part of it is another job, it feels like, you know, and, and hanging out with Zach um, Galifianakis, is, it, it really opened my eyes to that. Um, he doesn't do a lot of it, and he shuts it down, but, but you, you kind of see that world, and especially some of the people who have come through doing Between Two Ferns, um, you notice how much of a job it is to open something or to put out a film or to put out yeah. a TV show or something, and it really is like a, a full-time thing um and that's the reason you do it is not because it's like i want to be more famous i want everyone to know who i am which would be a nightmare it's just you want to, you want those other four people or other five people to know about the show and to go what is this yeah and and watch it you know i mean it's it's very frustrating to put out a show that you know people would love if they would only see it right you know and and thankfully the longer it's on Now I'm hearing from a ton of people who are catching up with it on Netflix or wherever, Um, you know, and and that's only because it's been on for a long time. Um, I think, you know, if it had been canceled after the first season or the second season, people would have been just kind of not ever, you know, not ever checked out this weird little thing that was on for one year. The fact that it's long running makes people... It, it's almost like a vote of confidence. People can turn it on and go, oh, that thing that's been on for a while right. is still on. It's probably yeah. good.
0: Right. Which is ultimately what happened with a show like Breaking Bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like not yeah. that many people watched in the beginning. And well, then... six
2: episodes right at the beginning. I mean, that was, that's not the biggest vote of confidence for me. I think that's probably why I didn't watch it. The, Walking when Dead it first was only six,
1: out.
0: too. I yeah. It was just budgetary. They were just like, well, let's try this crazy idea right. for six episodes. But, you know, allowing people to... Because I feel like particularly with the ex well, with the exception of a few shows, everyone 's always catching up. I feel like I am constantly trying to catch oh, yeah. up.
2: Oh, Black God, Mirror. I just Black, heard about Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Yes. yes and yes. now it's leaving Netflix. Yeah, what do they no. do? Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> Wait, when is it leaving Netflix? I'm a couple January episodes, 31st, supposedly. God damn it. Okay, I can watch if, the last unless before then. Unless they figure out a deal. Yeah, and so I feel like I'm constantly, you know, I'm constantly behind. And people feel like they're constantly behind. So yeah. it is because their attention is pulled in so many different directions. And not just from like networks, but just because of. You know, phones and your family. Oh, I kept.
2: They're they're sending (laughs) me this. Phones and your family. Phones and
0: your family. (laughs) These priorities. I just mean like like people in your life who are sending you stuff that is taking your attention. It's like like they're almost programmers in a way. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like everyone has the ability to make and share content, and
2: so you're. There's a certain thing about arms going over here, over here. There's a certain thing about Breaking Bad or kind of a movie that's only going to be out for a little while, where it becomes part of the cultural conversation. Where that's that's where it really hits, where Breaking Bad really hit it was, oh, now everyone's talking about this, and if I don't watch it now... I am not going to be able to talk about it. Right. You know? Um, and then you
0: look and then you look dumb because yeah. people don't... I, you know, I still look dumb because I didn't watch The Wire. People are like, well, right. how could you not? Like, I know, I know, I know. I'm just right. behind
2: on some of the other things. Yeah, something that's that's been off the air for a while like that, it's like, oh, I'll catch up to it at some point. No, right. It's not like every yeah. morning after it airs, you know, people are going, did you see The Wire? Oh, my God, that was crazy. But you made not a, that that show was all that crazy.
0: You made an interesting point, though, about... Thank um you. Hey, it's not... It's not... It's not because oh I'm trying to be more famous I'm trying to, but there is a thing there is this sort of delicate balance with well it it's not about being famous but it is about like the more aware people are of your thing the more you get to do that thing and the yeah. more control you have over the choices that you get moving on as opposed to just like That's having the, to you know
2: the bummer of fame and the business we're in I'm not saying that I'm famous and <laughs> I'm not but uh, but having seen it is unless you are famous you can't do certain things in this business that you've always wanted to do but being famous is terrible <laughs> and makes people hate you right. um and makes and and gives people carte blanche it seems like to try to tear you down so if only there was a way to do everything you wanted to do in this business without anyone knowing who you were. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's kind of if you're just a writer, that's great. You know, I've always wanted to write a movie or I've always wanted to direct a movie. There are plenty of people who are non-celebrity directors. but uh, And there are plenty of actors who just re- you know go home and retreat back to their home and don't go out to parties and aren't photographed and all that stuff. But there is a reason to try to get photographed and to go to yeah. those parties and stuff, and that is... Unfortunately, to try to get more well known so that an entity a corporate entity can give you money and trust you with money um, and say this person has a following and this person is well known and so let's give him money and let's give his show money you know it's it's a
0: but you do have i mean it is you know you're not a I mean you're not just a performer like you do have a a corporate entity like you mm-hmm. you have sort of you know like a nest egg of a thing that you've that you've built you know yeah
2: but i mean i i think at the the dollar amounts that we're talking about of just to do a tv show for instance you know to have a corporate entity yeah. decide to to you know i think our budget for this season of the show is in the ooh boy let me think 10 million dollars or something to mm-hmm. have to have a network oh, yes. say hey let's give this guy and trust this guy with 10 million dollars and not bug him about right. it you know is is I really had to prove a bunch of different things to even get sure. the first season. You know, I had to prove, I had to give numbers of my show, my podcast, mm-hmm. I had to, you know, listening numbers. I had to, uh, and that's with like almost everything you do. I think I have this book deal with, which I'll never write. It seems like, but <laughs> I had to give them, you know, uh, listenership of the podcast. I had to give them viewership of the TV show, yep. and, and it's unfortunate that. To get these, it used to. It seems like show business, didn't it? Seem like um, if someone was funny, they just were like, "Hey, let's give this hilarious dude a game show." Well,
0: or... yes, but there were um, th- there were only a couple of entities who were pointing at people and going, yeah. "Hey, this guy." And so the opportunity, the opportunities for people and like the the wide berth of performers was very narrow because yeah. you had to be in the right place at the right time and get seen by the right person but now because the there's
2: way more people giving people money which is great
0: well there's way more, but... there's way more ways for people to be seen yeah. in order to get the attention to it's sort of
2: but it also seems like there aren't a lot of times that just someone out of the blue gets a tv show i mean i think my tv show is a little bit like that where um No one was clamoring for me to have a TV show. (laughs) I did have the podcast. That was the one thing where the network could kind of go, well, he has a following from the podcast. Right. You know. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of times where you're like, what, this guy got a show? Who is he? Right. It seems like everyone wants to cast someone who either used to have fame, currently has fame. Or has some sort of following from yeah it, because you know?
0: it's all it's all again I mean again it's all the it's all everything's run by marketers now and it's yeah. like oh I can market this person in the Midwest because they have this and this and this and like it's not you know the a lot of creative decisions are creative after they are ad sales
2: <laughs> a li- there is literally a formula that they put when they're making movies of the star the director um and the writer and how much money they've made in previous movies. And there's a formula and a certain number that they have to hit in order to justify a budget. And it's just it's kind of infuriating. I work for a lot of different film companies, and um, one executive at one of them told me point blank, she said, it's not fun to work here anymore because the marketers make all the decisions. She goes, we don't make any decision. We can champion something and go, hey, I love this, but if it doesn't fit into the formula then it's not going to get made. Wow. So we, our horror. job is now find projects that will fit into that formula that will guarantee supposedly uh, a high box office return, which of course it doesn't.
0: <laughs> right, but but then again, everyone's sort of exonerated because they can go, the, hey, you know, the formula, yeah. you see all here, we did the math, mm-hmm. you know, audiences can be unpredictable. And so then right. they don't, you know, then they don't have, they don't know what yeah, really there, no blame for Yeah, there's no culpability, yeah. Yeah. So instead of you know, but but then, you, the funny part about that is that you get the most wildly original stuff when people aren't doing that. It's yeah. like oh, you get Breaking Bad because someone was like oh, this is such an interesting idea yeah. that didn't run through a formula, you know, or you get your show or you get. I mean, it, it's it's well, not-
2: there, there's these maverick executives out there who are like willing to put their necks on the line to a certain point. I mean, Dan Pasternak certainly did that for me for my show, of just coming to the network and saying, this guy's really funny. I have believed in him ever since we worked together on a TV show back in the early 2000s. Um, I I thought he was a really funny performer just doing these little bit parts on that show. And I have always said he should perform more and um, listen to his podcast and got everyone at the network to listen to the podcast. And they all became fans of it and would listen to it every week and just really said, we should give this guy a shot. And then they came to me and you know, tested me out on camera and I, you know, and I certainly took that opportunity and like, I lost like 30 pounds for it and I worked really hard on it. And, you know, I, I certainly rose to the challenge, but without these kind of guys in positions of power who are saying, who are championing young talent, you know, it, it, it wouldn't happen because everything's so formulaic now.
0: When, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know, but, but you, you write, uh, Ferns, you write between two Ferns with Zach.
2: Yeah. And, and I've directed the past, 10 or 12 or something
0: how uh how i i so would love to he- did you actually pitch the joke when zach says to obama what's it like to be the last black president <laughs> there was such an amazing
2: yeah uh, that
0: that that got through and that obama that he was seemed that he was cool with it and like yeah how, what was the process of
2: that one was um that one was interesting because um you know for the most part we we never tell anyone what we're going to ask them. Um, Zach will every once in a while feel really nervous about a joke and show it to someone right before he asks it and go, is this okay? But we try to,
0: (laughs) That's funny to hear that considering it doesn't, it, it certainly doesn't seem that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We try to minimize that. So, but the, but the Obama one, obviously because it's the white house, there's a lot more steps to go through, but we, Zach and I never thought it was going to happen, but the, the interesting part about us is we had a mentality of saying, well, if they're not gonna make this the way we want to make it, we'll just walk away from it. Which right. is is crazy to me that <clears throat> we would do that. But I, I really I really didn't want it to be like anytime you see a president or someone who's running for higher office on a talk show and you can tell it's really canned and you can tell that that every joke has been thoroughly vetted there's a
0: laser yeah. dot on the head of the <laughs> <Yeah>. host <laughs>
2: right yeah don't veer off script so so you know i really didn't want it to be like that because if all if if very suddenly we put out a between two ferns episode that was like that and you could tell was scripted um and scripted to an inch of its life then people it wouldn't be the show and people wouldn't have liked it so so we Originally we just said, hey, we're just gonna show up and do it, and they're and no one's gonna know what we're doing. <laughs> and <laughs> they went with it for a little bit and then they then they said, no, we just can't do that. We can't put the president into that um right kind of position. So we worked with his speechwriter, Cody, who was great. And initially it was very much like a couple of the jokes got met with resistance and I was saying, you know what, I just don't know about this situation. And then Cody immediately came back and said, you know what? All day I'm kind of the person trying to protect the speeches from being interfered with, you know, and trying to champ, you know, be the guy saying, Come on, let's get something real out there that he goes, I don't want to mess with you guys that much. So, you know, if there's anything that we just absolutely cannot do, I'll tell you. But just, you know, just let's let's have fun with this and let's make it like a real thing. So we sent him the jokes, most of the jokes that, that we wanted to do. And with the exception of maybe one, he he just said, yep, do them all. And which we never expected because I thought the death knell, that's why I was really pushing for Let's just go and show yeah. up and not ever tell anyone what we were doing is because I thought the minute they saw the jokes that would make this thing funny, they would put the kibosh sure. on it. They didn't. They let everything through. It was very, very interesting to the point where – we couldn't believe that these things were going to come out of Zach's mouth, and I think Zach got very nervous when we were there uh, about saying these things to the president. And, <laughs> of course, um, and because we didn't know if it ever, you know, if he ever saw them or not. Yeah. You know, you're, you can be told at at one point we were told that he was familiar with Between Two Ferns, and then I found out afterward in a story that he told me that he had no idea what it was while he was doing it that he had he had come home to his family and was telling them about various things he had done that day and various world leaders he had met and they were and his daughters were very bored and then he said and i think i did something called two ferns and their eyes lit up and they said you were on between two ferns and that was the he said that was the one time they were interested in something that he had done earlier by the way it's it.
0: funny when you say like home to his family you mean the white house yeah,
2: yeah he, st- he <laughs> mean, like, was, walked like 20 paces <laughs> 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 but, but um do you yeah. remember the joke that didn't get that didn't get through i do but i think it would probably not be cool if i were to say it just because All right. um you know i i think the reason they didn't want to let it through is because they didn't want any association with that so if i were to say it here then someone could pick it up and go here's the joke that was But that's what was
0: so interesting was watching the immediate aftermath of like watching it be picked apart on all the political shows it was Mm -hmm. like it's just a comedy well that's
2: the thing is is i don't think people were used to something that was so rough and and there was improv in it and those guys like did did improv takes the same way that you know when you were on my show you know and um, I don't think people were used to seeing something that hadn't been so thoroughly vetted within an inch of its life that they were looking for meaning in something that that wasn't <laughs> there. No, you know? it's inherently meaningless. Because if you see if you see um, you know uh, politicians normally do comedy pieces on something like the Tonight Show, you you get a sense for what percentage is supposed to be on message and what percentage right. can be comedy. And, right. and I thought that even after we shot it, at a certain point, someone in the White House came up to us and said, boy, that was so funny. But, you know, you're probably going to have to make the majority of it be about the Obamacare stuff. Right. And in my mind, I was going, no, we're not. (laughs) And But then I turned in the cut, and I think it's six minutes long, and I think only one minute is about Obamacare, and the first five are just like brutal jokes. And I was like, well, this is where it ends. Yeah, we went to the White House, and yeah, they said we could do it, and... They let us say these jokes to him, but here's where they cut everything. It was so
0: difficult, you know, because there was a there was a period of time where I thought we were going to, um, where they were like, "Well, we might have Biden come on at midnight mm-hmm. and do some stuff because they want to promote the Affordable Health Care Act." Mm-hmm. And you know, I I just tend to stay away from politics stuff because I just feel like it just divides people, and mm-hmm. I don't, feel you know, like I just you're a uniter. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. I just – I don't ever want that to get in the way of the rest of the comedy. It's like, you know –
2: But, I mean, at the same time, it's someone plugging a thing the same way that – The same way, but you know
0: how – Like, so, for instance, um, John Barrowman, who's a wonderful guy and a friend of mine, came on Talking Dead and he made a joke about Sarah Palin. mm -hmm. And people went fucking like – Because that's the audience that watches that No. Well, maybe, but –
2: Survivalists?
0: Maybe. (laughs) But but, uh, also – you know, with people like, if this show is going to be about Paula, it was like it was literally ten seconds of the show, right, and I was yeah. like, "Come on, John, that's not what the show's about." And right. people were like, "I am never, I can't believe," and it's like, "Oh, you missed everything else because you're so focused on this one dumb thing." Was it worth right. it? You was know, it is it, it? Is it also, worth it? Also,
2: when people go, "I am never watching your show again," it's like you're just. Hurting yourself, <laughs> like you, you're presumably you're watching it because you enjoy it, right? So you're gonna not enjoy that thing you enjoy anymore. All right. Well, I was only that.
0: watching it out have a sense of obligation to you. Yeah. But you're right. But in in the in the way that the Affordable Health Care Act is the same, or like in this sense, with Biden coming on be the same as someone plugging a movie, like it's basically how... their thing, plugging a thing. But I was so adamant about and using Ferns as an example and saying, you know. I hope that if we're gonna do it, it's like what you said, where I was like if we can't the comedy do it, has right, to come first. if we can't do it right, then we shouldn't do it. Yeah. Because I don't want it to just be a commercial for the Affordable Health Care Act. Like yeah, it has exactly. to be
2: the you, way the that comedy any, has to be first, and that's absolutely. and doing comedy bang bang, that's the other thing is no matter you know, sometimes we'll get big, big stars floated in front of us, and then they say, Here are the conditions, and it's always a thing. The comedy has to come first, and if you can't say I delivered a good show, and if you have to say, well, I delivered a good show in spite of all the restrictions I had, that's no good. You have to right. feel confident that you delivered something good. Right. You know? Luckily, the talk show format that you have and that Ferns has and that Comedy Bang Bang has is it's there is a long tradition of people um, – Advertising on it, yeah. uh, and and plugging things on it. So that's why I never thought that um, the between two ferns thing was really going to divide people all that much. It probably did in a way, you know. But I I, I, I would imagine that um, people on the right who are fans of between two ferns enjoyed it because it was, it was so just, funny. It, was funny. Like it
0: didn't matter, like because because again because again that happened, like that that was the mo was like make it as funny as
2: possible. Modus operandi.
0: But but the. Uh, <laughs> Did you go to a Jesuit school too? <laughs> no.
2: Oh. Uh, <laughs> I just Latin. read comic books oh, where yeah, they would yeah. there would be a star next to that and then you'd oh, look down operandi. at the caption down at the bottom and go, okay. Modus operandi, but, Interesting. But,
0: you know the one the one thing that I that I am kind of jealous about sometimes between Just on a creative side, between Ah,
2: the venial sin of jealousy, (laughs) so you're breaking the tenth commandment. So you did go to Jesuit
0: school. Between uh, between your show or between 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 two
2: ferns,
0: (laughs) is that uh, you guys are basically playing characters. Yeah. So it's you can Zach in particular can get away with anything playing the character that character because it's not really him on the yeah. you know he's, what i mean
2: he's so sweet and it's very hard for him to say mean things sometimes yeah. i think yeah. you know and and it's my job as the director to be there as the cheerleader trying to get him to say the mean things and and being the bad guy almost sometimes you right. know of of he'll blame me a lot and go Sorry, he wants me to say this, <laughs> or 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 he'll go. I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this. And I'll go. Zach, come on, you have to say. You have to play it. good cup, bad cup. Yeah, yeah, we do that a but, little bit. But my
0: feeling is that at this point, if you go on Ferns, you can't very well That's be how- like, what is happening? Like, yeah. Did you not see the? Th- 20 other episodes we did? Like, you have to know what you're getting into. That's how
2: I feel is is we... I don't think that we should be pulling punches necessarily anymore because we all have seen it works when the person lets us do what we do. I mean, we followed up the Obama one with the Brad Pitt one mm-hmm. and people were writing to me saying, I can't believe that that Jennifer Aniston... or that friend's uh, Angelina Jolie <laughs> joke got in there. Um, <laughs> and it's all a testament to a star... Letting being a fan of what we did and just saying you do what you do, and... but it's smart for them because it takes
0: a lot of the wind out of the sails. Mm-hmm. Like if they can, that lets them own yeah. the stuff that they know that people are talking about.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know as well as anybody that the it's a lot of times it's, it's the, the publicist that you have to get yes. through. The
0: publicist will you know come, oh you can't and then you get the person in front of you and like is it okay and they're like yeah of yeah.
1: course yeah
0: and a lot of times they didn't even see whatever
2: but it was then, you wanted to do originally. But then the publicist follows up and says take it out and then you find out that it really is the, <laughs> the <stuff. laughs> And they're just um, trying to be nice yeah i mean we've been really lucky with between two ferns of the people who come on it are super nice i know zach mentioned in an interview um you know we if there's anything like super super mean we'll we'll try to clear it with them and we always have said if there's anything we've talked about that you want us to cut, let us know mm-hmm. because we, you know, we're not interested in being like mean people. And Zach talked in an interview about how Jennifer Aniston asked um, us not to bring out the Brad Pitt impersonator that we had right. in the other room, and and you know, with good reason, and we totally understood. Yeah, because he said
0: that she wasn't. It wasn't that she was being a jerk about it. No, she was it, just like it just stirs it just up so much. Shit elongates for me. Yeah. the story. Yeah,
2: you know, it just makes now all you know. Suddenly, it's it's a story. On the news, and now I have another you know month of having to answer questions about it, and can't it just die? And you know, yeah. we totally we totally understand that kind of stuff. So, you know, we've been very lucky to have people on that show who, um, for the most part, have been supportive of us playing around with the you know the the sort of scandals they've had in their career. You know, Justin Bieber was very cool. As the minute we heard Justin Bieber wanted to do one, we said. Zach and I knew what we wanted to do, which was to literally spank him for for all of his behavior. And he was very cool about just letting it happen and then letting it, you know, come out. So on Comedy Bang Bang, it's not like that at all. So, you know, when people ask me, I've had a couple of people who've been on it be a little wary because of my background with Between Two Ferns about what we're going to talk about and say – hey, we're not going to get into my personal life or we're not going to get into that scandal I had. And I say, I'm not interested. I don't care. Um, Comedy Bang Bang is not about that. It's about making the guest feel like they were really funny. And if they're not a comedian, showing the world that they are really funny, you know, and showing a different side of these people and and having people... Watch something and go, wow! I really changed my mind about so and so. I sure. never thought they were funny, but wow, they were really funny on that show. You know,
0: I had a bl- I had a blast on the show. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. And it was actually. You know, once we once we got down to shooting, it was actually pretty. It was pretty easy.
2: Yeah, it just it, it's a big time. I don't think a lot of people realize the time commitment that someone like you has to put in on the show. I mean, when you do a a, a late night show, you're there. You probably get there an hour early and you do the show and you're whisked yeah. right out. Um, normally the couch guest on the show is there five hours six mm-hmm. hours something like that which you wouldn't guess from watching the show but there's so much we have to film with those people and a lot that gets cut out and um it just is a lot to ask of people so i'm i'm always very grateful when someone comes on and just gives us a lot of time like i i was saying um we were doing commentary for the dvd i was saying um amber tamblin for instance you know i think was there probably 8 hours and then as she was wrapped we said you know there's one other dumb thing that you could do if you were interested where we're like improvising thanksgiving carols in <laughs> front of a green screen and she was like yep great whatever you need you know and right. you really see some people who are like professional actors <laughs> Right. you know who are like oh yeah this is what the job is the job is i'm used to 12 hour days i'm used to showing up and fitting in wherever someone needs me and doing the job you know and i i always love that about certain guests as opposed to other guests who may be more of on a star trip of like, you know, I'm not used to doing something like that where I'm here longer than an hour. I just want to zip well, in. I think if, if the
0: mentality is like, well, you're doing us, you're doing like a scripted show. Yeah, that's the, as opposed to it's not just as it's not a couch show. Yeah, you know? that's
2: the problem with our show is it's run like a talk show and it appears to be a talk show, but it is a sketch show. But at the same time, people can kind of plug their projects on it. That's right. it So it's very confusing to people because people go, why am I doing this? interview show and i'm there for five hours i just don't get it <laughs> and hopefully when they see it i mean i was talking to uh like dane cook about it um when he was on my podcast and he was like i was very confused the whole time i didn't know how you were going to put it together uh i just showed up i did what you asked me to do and then you know you watch it and it all makes sense was he nice know? to you yeah he was great oh nice yeah he was he, we There's a – I had him on the podcast after he was on the TV show because there's a lot – as you know, there's a lot of like sort of downtime in between takes and he was telling me so many interesting stories about his career. I was kind of like, oh, wow, I I would love for people to hear these on the podcast. So I had had him on in one of my rare like more serious interviews because I thought what he had to say was really interesting and, you know, I mean – he seemed cool to me. Yeah, that's cool. And, he's yeah. having a lot of good experiences.
0: The last couple experiences with him were not great. And Where
2: so, did he do the podcast or something? No, or he's
0: never done the podcast. I just just uh, personally, just oh, yeah. Over the years, like being at a show and then he just goes way over. Yeah, and he's shitty about it. And, like, not even in a... Like, if I were going to go over a bunch, I would mm. say the other Why would co- you do that? Well, I wouldn't. But if I were going to...
2: <laughs> so you think it's okay to go over a bunch? As long you as know, you say I something? Think you're twisting,
0: I think you're twisting my words. Uh, <laughs> I think... Uh, it, you would be
2: apologetic.
0: I, I Well, yeah. First of all, I just wouldn't do... I would not go an hour over time, Yeah. you know? And, and certainly not act like, yeah, this is how it fucking is. Like, yeah. I certainly wouldn't be a dick about it. And I, I mean, just I feel sh- like...
2: As a guy who produced a show for a long time, I've seen so many variations of that that <laughs> I'm, I'm maybe more. Yeah, used I mean, to
0: it. I just you know my, my my issues with him were never like you know uh, whatever the content of his material was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when i when I first in the late '90s, like early 2000s, I really liked his stand. I used to I used to go see him at the Laugh Factory because mm-hmm. I was friends with Saget, and Saget would go there, and I was like, oh, this guy's really funny. He had a lot of really great, interesting mm-hmm. bits, and then. You know, but then over the years, I don't know. I just kind of felt like I had a few experiences where he just wasn't that nice, and I'm yeah. like, he just kind of got like a little rock star attitude. And it's like, you don't, I don't, and so that's that's kind of what turned me on that. And maybe that's my fault for holding on to it. But I, don't know. Uh, I
2: mean, you know, certainly anyone is is normal for having a bad experience with someone and holding on to it. I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I I I can only say I can only speak to my experience with him. I, I did, for a little while, it, it, you know, how how he was sort of, in our com- community of the alternative comedy scene, sort of like a go-to punchline right. of, of like, oh, here's a hacky stand-up or whatever. And at a certain point, I was like, you know, I don't even know his stand-up. Right. Like, I've never, I, I'm not a guy who's really seen any of it. Why, you know, why do I even, why am I being influenced by people who say this? Um, I've never really seen it. I don't care uh about this this has no effect on my life so i just was like as far as i'm concerned he's fine by me and then then when they asked if he could do the show i just said yeah i don't care <laughs> of course right anyone who wants to do the show and is willing to spend the five or six hours to do it is fine by me and then when he showed up to do it he was very very professional well, and nice. added, I mean, added a lot of stuff so as far as i'm concerned he's fine by me um, i'm
0: very swayed by nice people Like if someone's nice, then I'm Mm -hmm. all on board, you know, and if someone's not nice and it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I fuck you. I don't need you. <laughs> Look, we've
2: yeah, we've all had our comedy yeah. feuds with people over the years. <laughs> it's not really a feud, it's certainly
0: very one sided. I don't. I yeah. think if I, I, think if I were to sit him down and go, you know, and then the last time I was Laugh Factory, he'd be like, "What are you talking about?" You know. Well,
2: so he, it, you know, he very well may say, "Yeah, that was shitty and sorry as well." And
0: if he did, that know? would be fine, and I would be like, "Okay, great, everything's fine." Yeah. Like I'm so best friends. No, but I'm like a dog in the sense that you know, <laughs> like if so, the the second someone's like nice, I'll be like, "Oh, yeah.
2: hey, great, let's play." you know he i mean who knows i mean i don't know that much about him and i'm
0: glad it's not it's cool it's cool that you had a good experience with him that's yeah nice you had a good
2: experience i for the most part i've had pretty good experience can you speak for him is
0: dane cook in there can we talk to dane
2: <laughs> are you dane cook <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm trying to physically do him and i realize
2: i haven't seen enough of stand up to actually know <laughs> all how all you to do did it was okay <laughs> but hey
1: i bought it yeah i dane feel like... Cook's
0: next special is called okay <laughs> okay okay yeah okay <laughs> uh so are you guys? Uh, you're working on Mr. Show stuff
2: now. Supposedly, I mean, I don't know what that is. Uh, I just I, saw a
0: picture in a room full yeah, of Yeah,
2: I, I I can't really say exactly what it is because I I personally don't even know what it was. But um, we we've gotten together a few times and are working on something. But I I literally don't know what it is at this point.
0: Do you think it's uh, and how are those meetings?
2: It's fun, you know. I mean, I was I, I went with um I didn't go with Paul F. Tompkins, but I certainly. Um, was in the same room with him, and then we left at the same time. And so you were talked, about, talked about it a little. So you're more. dating Paul, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting with how we all sort of fell into the exact same roles that we did, <laughs> but at the same time, how none of it really mattered. Maybe because it was only you know a couple of chance meetings, but um, Paul certainly you know was kind of like wow. And I don't want to speak for him necessarily, um, but he was saying that he had a more pleasant experience than he did when he was actually working on the show you know because i think at a certain point you don't really give a shit anymore right you know, about your status in this group you well know? and
0: also everyone's you know that's what's sort of interesting about it, is that everyone has established themselves like everyone yeah. has like a real
2: yeah you don't need it when i when i was working on it it was like man i gotta make my mark here on this show because this is how I'm going to be known. Like I I felt very lucky to be on a show that I consider to be the best comedy show out there and, and one that I thought would be held up in the sort of lineage of, you know, Monty Python and stuff like that. So I, I, I felt very lucky to be there, but I was constantly like, man, I really got to, I got to make sure I'm hitting it. And I got to make sure that I'm important to these guys. And I got to make sure that I'm the go-to guy when it comes to jokes and the go-to guy when it comes to being in the editing room and you know, and constantly seeing how they were treating me and and seeing how they were treating other people, and where do I rank and um you know it was in a way it was just a job, and it ended you know way earlier than it should have, but I moved on to other jobs, you know so it's, but of
0: all of all the shows that could potentially like if there were a Mr Show special or if there mm-hmm. were more mr show I wouldn't worry about it like. Ah, oh, what are they trying to recapture? Because it really was just a group of really funny people doing really... So it's not like, oh, are they going to rely on doing those old characters? It's like, yeah. well, their characters were sort of like Bob and David. And they didn't repeat a lot There was lot not of, a lot of repetitive like stuff. the like most Ronnie repeated... Ronnie Dobbs, maybe. The most right, repeated character was probably
1: Pip Pet, was probably the most repeated.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love you! I think three times one minus one was in three different seasons out of the four. Right. And, and only barely in those last two. So but um I mean I guess you always kind of worry about oh man have we all has our point of view all aged to the point where you know the stuff that we're talking about isn't interesting anymore you know I guess because Mr. Show it's not just a dumb show like Comedy Bang Bang where we're doing silly stuff, it, it, it always kind of had a point of view right. that, that felt very dangerous and felt very... Um, even when they were doing offensive stuff, felt like they were trying to say something. So I think that's... For me, that's something that I want to make sure if there does end up being a reunion that actually comes out, that it it retains that kind of edge and says something about the world, you know? And so... That's the that's the fear I think you know, but those guys are still just like a couple of bitter old fucks anyway. So like you know, I don't I don't think they're gonna get less cranky. So.
1: Same as it used to be.
2: <laughs> um, so I th- I think it'll be cool if it comes out. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be interesting. Hopefully you never know. So how many episodes are you doing? Are you doing like 40 episodes of bang bang? We're in in the middle of a 40 episode season. They just started airing and, um, we're in the middle of shooting them. I can tell you exactly where I am in every stage. We are halfway through shooting them. We are a quarter of the way through editing them and we're three quarters of the way through writing them. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. So I start, I start shooting again in February and, and go through May and then if we go into season five, then you know that'll start at the and end. Is of the year. Nick
0: Weiger working on your show now?
2: Weiger's there. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. fucking great. Yeah, yeah he, yeah.
0: he worked on At Midnight for a little while when mm-hmm. he was on We and Nick yeah. Nick's, Nick's a solid comedy guy. He is. Yeah, yeah. He is the most amazing. Uh, for anyone hasn't seen it, his uh, his his thing about parody videos, working at Funny or Die, is yes. So, is it the jar? It's yeah. the, the jar jar, jar one. Thing? Yeah, yeah gives if the, people yeah. like yeah gungan style
2: if people like my show um one of the most discussed sketches that we did um and was i think mentioned on some list of the best sketches of 2014 was the man cave uh (laughs) sketch and he wrote that so look it up it's Uh, definitely one of the ones that people say is one of the best things we did last year are
0: you uh are you good with are you are you kind of control freaky or do you, are you able to <laughs> i'm just
2: regular freaky <laughs> what do you want to get up to
0: i get off one, <laughs> two, three three
2: positions, positions in a one stand. stand uh are, <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: i mean just because you have so many you control so many You, it's your point of view that you're that the show is your point of view ultimately
2: yeah i mean it's it's um it's been very difficult this season too i was telling matt before you got here um to not be in the writers room all day um which is new for this season mainly because we've been shooting while they've been writing um but you know my various other things have have taken me away from it and editing also you know I'm very involved in the editing so um it, it's you just kind of have to give it up at a certain point and go you know what these guys are really talented um our head writer Neil Campbell is is a good leader and um super talented and we'll get what we need out of them and At the end of it, I will then put my polish on it to make sure that it is what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then no show gets, you know, on the air without me vigorously editing, you know, working with the editors, rather. I'm not actually... I don't know how to work an avid. (laughs) But, but, you know, I mean, yeah, I am control-freaky in that sense of... uh, I'll give you an example. In the second season... um, an episode went online before it aired and, um, the shape of a bullet af- effect was not what I wanted it to be. And I, they had never shown me the special effect and I flipped out and I called up, um, the network and I said, no one ever showed me this effect. It's not what I want it to be. I want you to pull the episode Oh shit! and, um, we need to redo this. And, it was a big problem and um they had to go all the way up to the head of like AMC networks or something and it was a big big deal and it cost i think $20,000 to to fix and that made them institute a policy where now they can never air an episode without literally me watching it and giving it the the final final version and giving it an okay wow. because they never want to be in that position again where i am the person and by the way my my strategy for that kind of stuff is when I'm told no to something is to schedule another call to discuss it further. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is such a good strategy because people eventually want to not be on the phone with me. So you just badger them until you get what you yeah. want.
0: I, listen, if, you, if it works, it, it's great. It's, not it's bad.
2: literally you have to go... They go, we just cannot do something like this. And I go, okay, well, let's think about this and let's set another call for tomorrow because I think that we, <laughs> we really... I, let's attack this from some other angles. Let's think about it tonight. How be- do you know you're right? Um, because because I am right. I okay. don't know. It's my point of view. I wanted to make sure that it was right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a control freak in that way. Um, but at the same time, doing so many things as you know, you just gotta like let it go, as they said in Frozen, once or twice. And and you oh, know, I'm let not it familiar. Happen. No. Oh, you don't know. Let mm-hmm. me sing it fractals <laughs> That's the only word I know from that. Frickety fractals.
0: Are you uh, uh and how are you de- so is Reg, Reggie's leaving the show? Reggie's or,
2: leaving, yeah. And how
0: are you dealing with that?
2: Um a lot of jerking it, Killing crying. Him. Yep. Uh, yep. No, he you know, it's it's a bummer because um yeah, if people don't know Reggie Watts is the the band leader, my one man band leader on Comedy Bang Bang and um has been since the pilot. And um it, in a way it's a bummer because I really originally wanted the show kind of almost to be like trapped in amber um, and and not be the same. If I could not age, that would be even better. But um, I just wanted to never change the set, never change the people involved, and um, to where you could see an episode from today and then see an episode from season one and go, Oh, I wonder what season these were from. Right. Um, but the longer shows go on, the more people have to leave and the more things have to change. And, you know, it happens to every single show. I mean, um, Coach died and they didn't stop doing Cheers. And... Thank
0: goodness. <laughs> Frasier came in. Now, I, for a second, I thought you were going to be like, Coach died and they kept doing Coach. Like, right. No.
2: They... <laughs> oh, man, that would have been great. If Woody Harrelson had come in and replaced Coach on Coach. Plays
0: coach on Coach. <laughs>
2: oh man hey guys here's what we're gonna do <laughs> but yeah i mean chevy chase left snl and thank goodness they didn't stop it then and and chevy chase left community and thank goodness <laughs> they didn't stop it then and chevy chase left a lot of things and, and they kept the going the
1: one thing he has to left is the vacation franchise <laughs> right.
2: tune in this summer <laughs> but but i i really it, it's kind of a bummer but the more i got the sense of oh wow this show is going to go on for a while um You know, when he got this opportunity to do this other thing, you know, I could sit there and claw at him and go, you know what, let's just end the show after the fourth season and work double duty on your show and come in and and we'll try to shoot you out as fast as we possibly can, just so the show doesn't change. Um or I could go. You know what? That's only going to work for like a week. We better make a change, <laughs> right? You know, and 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 I think, uh, you know, I, I can't talk about who's coming in, but I think it's really exciting. And I Is think it Prince. It's Prince. Oh, okay, good. That twenty-two be great. positions in uh, yeah, a, a one-night one stand. stand.
0: Prince, you um, have so many other songs. Why do you play that one every? T-
2: because twenty-two <laughs> positions <laughs> in a one night. I think people are going to be really happy with it. And I think it's going to open the show up to a lot of people who have never watched it before. And I think, you know, the, the network's really excited by it. And I think, you know, it's going to help us do more seasons and, you know, I, th- I think, so the show is going to change. I'm looking at maybe changing the set a little bit too. And, you know, I mean, it just, that's the price of doing a long running show. And I, I kind of, I kind of say, oh, wow, if, okay, if Reggie can leave and we can replace Reggie, well, I could leave and and we could replace me, you know? Because I I kind of view Comedy Bang Bang as Saturday Night Live in a way of the format is really unique and really interesting. And, and Lorne Michaels hit on that really interesting format of cold open, person saying live from New York at Saturday night, monologue, commercial parody, sketches, weekend update band, you know? Um, I think our show is very similar in the sense of another person could take over it. and um, Like Mike Nelson could come in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then not too distant future. <laughs> well, that's how I felt about Reggie when I first you know, heard that Reggie was going to go do this other thing. I was like, oh, I don't want to be like Mystery Science Theater where someone else comes in for a brief amount of time and doesn't have the opportunity to really you know, say, hey, these are the... Mike Nelson years, you know? Right. I think he was only there one season, maybe. Is that yeah, right? Mike, or, Mike, no, oh, Mike he was there four Mike season Mike for and he did the movie, yeah. and he oh, okay. Yeah. In my okay uh, you know and I'm not a super fan of that show so obviously I'm speaking from a position of ignorance which I apologize for but it it that was my impression of it Well they didn't make
1: a network change so that's probably
2: right that maybe yeah. that was it when I was watching it at the time my impression of it when it happened was oh the guy behind that show is gone and then it kind of fizzled not fizzled out because obviously he was really good at it but in any case I didn't want that to be what happened with right. Reggie um where you know we had 20 episodes left in the season And we got someone new, and then it was gone. And now everyone's going, "Well, I wish they hadn't made those twenty episodes." Right? You know, no. I mean, the show's John
1: Lovett's years of news radio. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. but the show's uh, this is going to help ensure the show continuing longer, actually. And I think people are going to be stoked when they see what it is. Let me tell you a little story about a show called "Singled Out," Scott. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? Now, really? I was
0: just an intern on the show, but right. Jenny McCarthy really was the soul of that show. <laughs> and when she left, it was like, how is the show going to survive? So then we got Carmen Electra. And you know what happened, Scott? We only lasted another season. But it doesn't matter. But it still
2: doesn't matter. Because the important You got important that money for that is, year.
0: And I didn't really get paid that much. But the important thing... I think I got college mm. credit. The important oh, <laughs> Was that change is bad. Wait, no, that's not what I was... Mm. Oh.
2: No, I think people, you know, there's something about when, you know, yeah, if if one of the friends left, you probably, I don't know if they could have done friends, if one of the friends had died or, you know, I don't know, but but I, I don't feel our show is that way. I really don't. I feel like there's so many talented people that pass through comedy bang bang and it's it's to me it's about the 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 writing and it's about the um the guy the comedians who come through and do really funny characters that it's more than just one person it's it's to me it's like snl where it's it's a format and it's a place for really funny people to come hang out and do a bunch of stuff so i think it'll i think it'll last you know a long time
0: and and then beyond this do you want to do you want to do film or do you want to produce other television or what do you want to do? Yeah, I
2: mean, I like, you know, uh, I have my production company and we have a lot of scripts that we've sold and, you know, we're trying to get made right now. So I'm definitely interested in that. I, I would, lo- you know, I wrote a lot of, of, of screenplays over the years and very few ever got made. So I would love to either write or write and direct a film at some point. Um, it's really super hard to do anything. Like I said, I have a book. That I want to write that is that I've had a deal for like three years now that nothing is happening just because this TV show is taking up and right. the podcast is taking up all the time. But yeah, I'd, I mean, you know, who knows? You know. Well, you got time. Really? Mm-hmm. You think so? Mm-hmm. I feel like death is coming.
0: I know. Rapidly. It feels that way. I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It feels that way. <laughs> I, I feel that way. I feel that way sometimes too. But then I just sort of, you know, I think actually it's helpful. To befriend a much older person because it totally makes Are you, you trying feel like
2: to become my friend. I'm not older than you, Arska.
0: <laughs> I mean, like befriend- that's why I keep both you guys
1: around. <laughs> you uh, old wait, who did
0: you
2: befriend? <laughs> Who's your old friend? <laughs> I want him. Uh, no, he's my he's my old friend. There's one old guy. I want him. No. But, uh... But, yeah, you know. but, I mean, I, I know what you mean. Bob Odenkirk used to, like, give me a lot of perspective about a lot of different stuff that happened to him because he's eight years older or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: like, a, like um... I, I just, Rob, Rob Zombie had a birthday party the night he turned mm-hmm. fifty, mm-hmm. and it's like, and my perception of what a fifty-year-old man is—he is not that. Yeah, <laughs> and so it makes me, and he's still doing like he's about to start another movie, and he, so, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. so I don't. It just makes me feel like, oh, okay, it's not at a certain point they don't just yank the plug and go get the fuck out, you know? Yeah, like yeah. as long as you can, I think in a lot, in a, in most cases. I think people just get tired, or they give up, or they don't want to do it anymore. They don't want the grind anymore. Or they
2: have to cut back because of family. I mean, that's something that I see a lot, you know? (laughs) Ah. That's right. High-fiving over these microphones. (laughs) Our dicks don't work. Boo. Our dicks don't work. There's enough enough kids in the world. (laughs) No, I, I... Yeah. I think that's the challenge in a career is, is how do you remain viable? And you you constantly have to keep reinventing yourself. I, I kind of considered after I did Mr. Show, I was like, wow, I did it. I made my mark. Um, and then very quickly, three years later, people are like, oh yeah, that show was good. Right. You know, people (laughs) forget about it and you have to keep being, you know, coming up with new shit, you know? So it's, it's hopefully, and that's what, you know, Rob Zombie did, you know, he was a, Uh, a recording artist for a while with a dynamite musical combination (laughs) and then uh he he'd start directing movies and who knows you know that guy's really talented why do you do it
0: is it just for the comedy like is it just to put comedy in the world or like what do you do you know why do you
2: know why i fucking love comedy (laughs) i mean you know we've known each other a long time why did I do that UCB show for 10 years, you know?
0: Cuz it was a great thing for comedy. <laughs> I wasn't performing in it, right? No,
2: no, not no, almost never.
0: Almost I think never. I only saw you get on stage like maybe twice.
2: Early on I really was, and then I got too busy and so I was just putting it together and like why? I just love com- why did I do the podcast network? I love comedy. Right. No one thought it was going to be successful. You know, my my business managers actively discouraged me from putting money into it. Um, my wife even was like, I don't think this is a good idea, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like I just love comedy. I'm, I'm really – I loved it ever since I was a kid, and I, I can't believe I get to actually work in it. And the people I get to meet, um, like Chris Hardwick and Matt Myra. Yeah, and, it's pretty amazing. You know, it's crazy. I just I just love it. I don't know.
0: Well, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad that you're still – and to be able to do – in in the world of television, getting a 40-week run on a show is – uh, is unheard of now unless yeah. you're you know you're like, me unless you're <laughs> you <laughs> these two assholes <laughs> <laughs> or, or hey, Matt, you should get one yeah, <laughs> they're fine. pretty easy now that I think about I'm it hey, just I'm effects. just giving them out now <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, I'm gonna Chris, go I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get a t-shirt 40 weeks so uh, well, thank
2: you that's, that's nice of you to
0: yeah t-shirt. well listen um, uh, you're always welcome I
2: feel on. like we're winding down
0: we are winding down we're at an hour <laughs> eight <laughs> I, now, 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 my head is starting to go into like I, we
2: rehearsal. And
0: I, <laughs> We're winding into dress rehearsal. we <laughs> writing into dress rehearsal in twelve minutes. But, uh, but, uh, but you're always great on at midnight.
2: Thank you. And Thanks yeah. for having me on. It's been Please. really great to have Please. strangers on the internet uh, <laughs> blast me for something I said on the show. <laughs> uh, does that happen? <laughs> that I didn't even write. Yeah, sorry yeah, I love about that. that. No, it's fine. Motherfuckers. <laughs> you take the good, etc. You take
0: the bad. You take them both, and there you have.
2: I don't know Twitter. That's that song. Facts of life. No. Nope, nope. Yep, the facts of life. Nope, nope.
0: You take them good, years, take them bad, take them both, and then you got twenty, 20, 20, 20, 20. positions one. Nice
2: uh, a, a woman and a man. Oh, Victoria, I don't eat ribs.
0: <laughs> who is Victoria?
2: I don't know. I loved it though.
0: Yeah, I don't eat ribs. I just, uh, I just picture a sad woman with a plate of ribs. Like, oh, I come on, you Working on these, Prince. I made them
2: in the shape on, of your, on, your squiggle, Prince. <laughs> Prince. <laughs> you know how hard it is to bend a rib? <laughs> you have to boil them and soften them up.
0: I know. I've, I'm sure I've told this story before, but when Carmen Electra did take over from Unsingled Out. and
2: uh, The first thing you said to her was like, what's Prince's dick like? I, well, not what's Prince's
0: dick like, but I said, I said, what's it like to date Prince? I mean, are you, I think I said, uh, is, it, is it normal? Are you like, hey, Prince, I got to run to the store. Do you want some Lucky Charms or whatever? <laughs> and uh, she said, no, you're not allowed to address him first. He has to talk to you first. I'm like, you were his girlfriend. She was like, well, that's just how it was. And so that was interesting. A, yeah. I don't know if he's still that way, but that's, I hear
2: a brand new rule. I'm taking back to the house tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll totally fly. No, no. Cool up.
1: <laughs> I address you first.
0: <laughs> 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 see how that, see how long that lasts. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, interesting. What the, I, so clearly the 23 positions in a one night stand were all his suggestions. <laughs> yeah. So there could be 46 positions in a one night stand.
2: Who knows? Yeah. yeah who knows or what or could 20. have happened. In yep. The alternate universe that she was allowed to suggest. There n- <laughs> no. been sixty-nine positions. Doesn't Who knows? even. I
0: mean, that could mean a lot of things. Uh, but more importantly, uh, isn't that
2: interesting? Twenty-three positions is like one third of sixty-nine. Yeah, that is, is that it. What, I never you know, thought of that. Like, before. why is he saying one third of sixty-nine?
0: One-third of 69 in a one-night stand.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, That's the one question I would ask Prince if I were to be able to ask him anything.
0: What is one-third of 69? Is that where you're just stroking each other? (laughs)
2: i don't know or like a third of your body is in the 69 position so you're like you're, halfway, your arm you're is on their there leg. you're a
0: third of the way there
2: right I we're like know.
0: okay and then when you get a third of the way there you're like all right this is what a mm-hmm. one-night stand is i don't know yeah. i feel like there's a lot of there's misleading a, it's
2: very interesting
0: information get him on the podcast we to, we're gonna get him on the podcast and ask him about that i'm sure God, no that one's would be asked amazing chris before. the
2: prince were on the podcast
0: yes i know that
2: w- <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would be amazing
2: it would be it would be cool if he was on yours, but it would be even weirder if he was on mine. And he was <laughs> sitting there talking to characters. That would be nuts. I, he'd
0: probably be more comfortable in that environment than if we were talking to him just as himself. Maybe. I but don't know. Bl- Blaine Capatch, when he um, when he was in the Golden Globes the other night, we were watching the footage the, <laughs> in the morning. Meeting Blaine Capatch, who is basically the so highest funny. velocity joke machine you've yeah. ever met in your life. But Prince had a giant cane, right. where he had a cane, and then uh... it's
2: giant. You can say it's giant. <laughs> well, but Blaine, but so
0: he had this cane, then he walked out, and then Blaine goes. That's actually a pin. He's very small, and then so
1: <laughs> God, <laughs> watching
0: Blaine. Prince and imagining that he was holding like a sewing needle, it, fu- I fucking laughed so hard. Oh, Blaine is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> then he had to go fight a wasp afterwards. After the gold, <laughs> that's Golden a really Bulls. funny impression of Blaine too. Yeah, Blaine, Blaine, like,
2: Blaine. it's Kapage. Blaine, Blaine, Capadge. Hey, no references after '94. Hey, Kirstie Alley. I think I'm Kirstie very Alley, sure Kirsty Kirstie Alley jokes. Uh, my, the uh, joke that uh, I did on the Last at Midnight of the. Uh, uh, 250 reasons Kirstie Alley should eat a salad. <laughs> uh, even if you tried
0: to give him a current reference, he would put it in, he'd be like, Cagney and Spacey! Like, yeah. he's still... Like that's not
2: meaning anything to me. Yeah, Here's exactly. what makes sense to my brain.
0: But uh, but amazing. But anyway, it's good to see you, Scott Ackerman. Thank you. And uh, enjoy your burrito, on. everyone. One, two, two, three, positions a burrito stand.
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com.